contracts, we've started talking about how to avoid enforcement. And specifically, uh, there are several ways that you can avoid enforcement of a contract. And today, in, in the next few episodes, we'll go over minority and mental capacity. That's going to be this episode. We'll go over duress and undue influence. That'll be the next one. And the one after that will be misrepresentation and non-disclosure, focusing specifically on misrepresentation. And then later, we'll get on to... Uh, discussing non-disclosure as well. But as far as this episode goes with minority and mental incapacity, it's just saying that if you're a minority, you may be able to avoid enforcement of a contract, or if you are mentally incapacitated in some way, you may be able to avoid enforcement of a contract. Let's start with minority, and then we'll go ahead and move into mental capacity. Our case here was Dodson v. Strader, and what happened here is that a minority... A 16-year-old boy uh, had gone to a dealership and bought a pickup truck. Well, he spent about $5,000 on the pickup truck, Sent, uh, got out there. Uh, he realized that there was a problem, took it to a mechanic. He didn't resolve the problem, and as a result, the engine of the pickup truck blew up, and the truck was no longer really able to be driven. So he parked it on the land of the property. Uh, it was hit a hit-and-run incident, and as a result, the truck is now valued at about $500. So he wants to take the truck back to the dealership and get his money back because he spent five grand. It's worth 500 He can't sell. He can't do anything with it. So he wants his money back, and he's saying, I was a minor. This contract is void. I do not have to abide by this contract. And the dealership is saying, we made a contract. We sold it to you for five grand. That's what the contract says. You can't rescind this contract. So we have two rules here. Uh, the traditional rule is that any prejudice against minor means that the contract is void. Any beneficial benefits of the contract means that it is a good contract. And then if there's any uncertainty about the contract, that means that the minor can choose whether or not they want to enforce the contract. And that just means that the minor can determine whether the contract is voidable, or rather the contract is voidable, allowing the minor to determine it. The modern rule now is that the contract is voidable by the minor, so it only keeps this third element of the traditional rule. There are possible exceptions to this modern rule, though. Uh, you have the benefit rule and you have the benefit plus rule. The benefit rule allows merchants to, dedu to deduct for the minor's use of the property at the time that they they give the refund to the minor. So in this instance, uh, it would have been how many miles had the truck driven, and in that case, that would determine how much of the refund is deducted from the original amount. The benefit plus rule allows the merchant to deduct for use, depreciation, or deterioration. And so in this rule, it would be how many miles were driven plus how was the uh, truck deteriorated from not resolving these issues? What is the value of the truck gone because of the not resolving this, these issues? And as a result, uh, ultimately what would happen in that instance is we would refund everything except for those things. So in this instance, the company would take this truck back for only $500 at that value because everything else had been deducted for use, depreciation, or deterioration. Uh, there are 
requirements that the seller needs to abide by because this is a minor. The seller is not allowed to overreach or have undue influence. Additionally, the contract must be fair and reasonable, so a lot of good faith in here. And then finally, the minor must have paid for something as well as possessed the item. In Iowa, the code of 599.2, it says that, so regarding contracts, a minor can disaffirm the contract within a reasonable time of obtaining adulthood. So if a minor becomes an adult, they can still disaffirm that contract, meaning it's still voidable, within a reasonable time. Takeaway from this case, it's going to be far easier as a merchant to just sell to a parent instead of a minor. We have our next case, Sparrow versus uh, DeMonico. Now, this is a case about sibling rivalry, sister rivalry, where one sister was living on the land, had the deed to the land, and the other said that she had an estate to the land as well, and that it should be split up and divided. This is going to be governed underneath the restatement section 15. So, what happened here is that uh, the sisters went into mediation to determine who should get the land, and one sister was really upset, Uh, she was not happy, was really delirious, didn't really know what she was doing, where she was, and as a result, after reaching an agreement uh, for a significant portion uh, of the land, uh, she says that... Uh, She was lacking mental capacity, and as a result, the agreement here is invalid. So, our takeaways is that a contract is voidable if the person lacks capacity. However, the person claiming capacity needs to show that they have incapacity. And they can show it through one of two different ways, depending on the jurisdiction. The traditional rule, this is the cognitive test, means that the person who is incapable needs to show that they were incapable of understanding the nature of their transaction or was unaware of the consequences. In other words, they need to show, I had no clue what was going on. For the volitional test, uh, this is a more modernistic approach, so to speak. It just means if the person is affected by mental illness then the courts are going to look at the transaction to see if a reasonably uh, competent person would have made this transaction. In this instance, uh, even though she was delirious, she didn't know what was going on, so she fell underneath the harder-to-meet traditional cognitive test, and she also fell underneath the volitional test. So the courts determined that she uh, was mentally uh, capable. Uh, Two other takeaways uh, is that, uh, so first, incompetency can be shown as a long-term thing, or it can be shown as a minor, in the moment, the situation only kind of thing. And then the second takeaway with that, though, is there needs to be expert testimony to determine, hey, I was incompetent at this time. So that is our takeaway of minor and mental incapacity to avoid contract enforcement. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing 
is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.